Hello, friends. It's your old pal, Ariel Helwani, back with another edition of the Wednesday Helwani Show. As always, we've got a great lineup for all of you on today's program. We'll talk to the featherweight king, Alexander Volkanovsky. We'll talk to Ally Quinta about fighting Khabib Nurmagomedov. But first, I want to tell you about our good friends over at the ESPN Daily Podcast. Every single day, host Pablo Torre brings you the stories every sports fan needs to know and usually in 30 minutes or less. How about that? Nice little package. In any event, uh, they cover all sports all the time, and the word on the street is they might just be talking about UFC 254 in the coming days. So be on the lookout for that by subscribing to ESPN Daily wherever you find your favorite podcasts. All right, on to today's show. And as always, listener discretion is advised. Enjoy. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Ariel Helwani's MMA Back in your life. On this Wednesday, October 21st, 2020. Hello again, everyone. Welcome back to a brand new edition of the show. And welcome to UFC 254 Fight Week. It's in full effect. Earlier today, Justin Gaethje and Khabib Nurmagomedov squared off on Fight Island in front of the crashing waves. Great moment at the very end as... They handed Khabib his undisputed lightweight title. They handed Justin Gaethje his interim lightweight belt. He held it for a second, and he was like, nah, I don't really want this belt, and he's maintained from the beginning that he's waiting for the real one. Gave it back to the UFC official and just stood there, beltless. Uh, A lot of respect between the two of them. This has a big fight feel. Anytime Khabib fights these days, it feels big. He only fights essentially once every 12 to 13, 14 months, So, as I said on Monday with DC, distance makes the heart grow fonder in the fight game, and every single time it feels like his star shines a little brighter. Of course, this time around, a lot of people, including myself, think that he is fighting his toughest opponent to date, and that's no knock on his previous opponents, but I think from a skill set standpoint, Justin Gaethje presents the most problems for Khabib, especially if he can utilize the light kicks like he did against Tony Ferguson, especially if he can keep the fight in the middle of the octagon, especially if he can stay away from the cage, and, of course, if he can stuff some of those takedowns. So it's going to be fascinating theater this Saturday, and I want to remind you once again that it kicks off, the pay-per-view kicks off at 2 p.m. Eastern. And I keep saying this, and I keep tweeting about it, and I continue to get texts and DMs and and tweets about people being like, uh, what time does it start? No, okay, I'm I'm not messing up. It's 2 p.m. Eastern on Saturday. Prelims start at 10:30 p.m. Eastern on ESPN Plus. Then we move along to ESPN Two at noon, and then 2 p.m. Eastern. Yes, I said 2 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. on the West Coast, 
That's when the pay-per-view starts. Why? Because Khabib is a big deal in Abu Dhabi, and they signed a five-year deal with Abu Dhabi. This is one of those five fights that they signed with the Abu Dhabi government. The first one was the Poirier fight last year, and if you recall, that one happened in the middle of the day as well, 2 p.m. Eastern, pay-per-view start time. This is the same. Khabib is such a big deal in the Middle East. As a devout Muslim, you can say that he is probably the second most famous Muslim athlete on the planet right now behind Mo Salah of Liverpool FC, and he is creeping up there as well. Uh, they want him fighting in prime time in the Middle East. They pay top dollar for that, so we don't matter as much. Now, usually this hurts the pay-per-view buy rate, but UFC President Dana White is saying this is trending in the direction of Conor Khabib won. I find that hard to believe, not because Khabib isn't a big deal, not because it's a big fight, but historically, when you have a pay-per-view card in the middle of the day in America, it doesn't do as well. And especially when you're going up against the return of Big Ten football, you got some competition. But this feels big, and crazier things have happened. So again, 2 p.m. Eastern on ESPN Plus pay-per-view it's exclusively available here in the United States to ESPN Plus subscribers for $64.99. And you can visit ESPNPlus.com slash PPV for more details. So later in the program, we're going to talk to Alexander the Great Volkanovsky about Brian Ortega's big win this past Saturday. Ortega 2.0. It is clear he is the number one contender. When is that fight going to happen? What did he think of his performance? Could it happen in Australia? In front of fans, we'll talk to Volkanovsky about all that and a whole lot more. But first, we are going to talk to Al Iaquinta, Rajan Al Iaquinta. We are going to talk to him about fighting Khabib. And we're going to talk to him about the craziest fight week in the history of the UFC. If you recall, back in April of 2018, uh, the, the lead up to UFC 223 in Brooklyn was the craziest in the history of this sport. In very, very short it started on April 1st, and that's when everyone thought it was all wacky. We find out that Tony Ferguson blows his knee while doing media in L.A. at Fox in preparation for his highly anticipated fight against Khabib. At that point, they had been booked four times, and he blows his knee. He's out. In walks Max Holloway, who at the time was the featherweight champion. So Max Holloway, we find out on the Sunday, April 1st, is going to fight Khabib in six days for the lightweight title. He's going to move up to 155. Wow, crazy. I remember I was doing the MMA Hour back then on the Monday. Khabib came in studio, and we talked all about it. It was riveting stuff, one of our most watched shows ever. So they booked that fight. We get to the press conference. We get to all that stuff. Okay, things are heating up. But at the same time, Video emerges courtesy of, I believe, Michael Chiesa of Khabib and his team surrounding Artem Lobov and one of his teammates at the host hotel in Brooklyn because Artem had said some things that bothered Khabib in the lead up to that fight. A feud was brewing between Khabib and Conor McGregor. They surround him. It gets a little testy. Nothing really happens as a result, but, you know, there's some there's some adrenaline there. Conor McGregor back in Ireland finds out about this. He flies over to Brooklyn on Wednesday from Ireland in order to track down Khabib. Yes, this is actually happening. On Thursday, we get to Media Day at Barclays Center. Ally Quinta, who I speak to, shows up, doesn't even have a sign, has to write his own sign, put it up there. Little did we know that was the least interesting of the things that would happen to Ally Quinta that week. Then, after the face-offs, at the Media Day, they go downstairs to the loading dock to go back to the hotel, and that's when the infamous bus incident happens with the dolly and all the craziness. Well, Al was sitting right in front of Habib and his team on that bus. It was a crazy set of circumstances. Ray Borg has to pull out because he gets glass in his eye. Michael Chiesa gets a cut on his forehead. Um, Rose Namajunas is shaken up. 
Karolina Kovacavich shaken up. I mean, all kinds of craziness happens. But in the end, we get to Friday. Well, before Friday, I should say, Conor McGregor gets apprehended. I stayed outside of a, a Brooklyn um, uh, police station to wait for him. He came in through the back door, but he stayed overnight in jail in Brooklyn. Conor McGregor. It was nuts. I mean, it was only two and a half years ago, and I'm talking about it like it happened 10 years ago. In any event, we get to Friday morning. We find out Max Holloway isn't going to make weight. He's out. I Quinta weighs in at 155.2. They tap him to take this fight on short notice, and he ends up fighting Khabib 24 hours later for the belt in Brooklyn, minutes away from where he grew up on Long Island. At the same time, Conor McGregor is in court, and it's just the craziest thing of all time. So I wanted to talk to Al about that and, and specifically about what it's like fighting Khabib and going the distance with Khabib. Since Khabib moved up to the main events, only one man has gone the distance with him, and that was the Brooklyn gangster himself, Ally Quinta. Here's that conversation. We also talk about Conor McGregor and Dustin Poirier, so stay tuned for that. Enjoy. Do you remember what that night was like? The Friday night? Like after everything you've been through on Friday during the day, now coming to the realization that in less than 24 hours, you're fighting Khabib for the undisputed title. Yeah, that was wild. I might have I slept like two or three hours that night. It was just wired. Yeah, just the energy from the whole weekend. It was like, usually that's how I feel after a fight. But for some reason, I felt like that before the fight. Like just that after I fight, like that night, I don't sleep usually till like the following afternoon after the fight. And that's kind of how I felt with this whole thing. There was just so much buildup, so much thinking, so much whatever I felt. Uh, it was just... The energy was crazy, but I was wired. I was fully awake and like, I just couldn't wait to fight. Um, nothing to lose. Uh, yeah. I mean, fairy tale, eh, it, had to, it had to start to a fairy tale, but the end, the end was not so fairy tale. I mean, that's what happens. But uh, yeah, no, that was how crazy, how Like you said, it's the, that definitely the craziest fight week buildup ever. Were you nervous before the fight, considering you had nothing to lose in most people's eyes? Uh, yeah, I, was, I mean, I was. It's just like any other fight, I think. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but more, I think a little the same nervousness as any other fight, except that now there was it was it was less to to lose. I think I was kind of like a win win situation, and maybe that was kind of like the wrong attitude to go in there with, but. Um, at that, I was just like, fuck it, let it go. Let's go in there and just, I didn't really, I didn't really do much. I didn't do it. I didn't really look at any video. I didn't, nothing. Maybe I should have, but I was just like, at this point, we got a couple hours. I'm just going to go in there with what I got, what I've trained with my whole life and, and see how it plays out. And, uh, and that's, that's kind of the game plan I went with. So. Have you ever rewatched the fight? And, and if so, when's the last time? Do you recall? Uh, I've definitely rewatched it b a bunch. You know, every time it's on TV, I'll get a text message from somebody oh. that it's on and I'll turn it on and I'll watch it. Um, first two rounds kind of sucked to watch. It's, uh, me just kind of getting controlled. But after that, I mean, it was good moments. There was good, good moments in there that I, you know, you, you see those glimpses of, good things that you did. And I'm like, Oh man, you know, if I get, I get healthy, I get a few good wins. I put together a, a real preparation for this guy. It could be different. You know, that that's kind of the mindset that I'm in when I'm watching it. 
uh, people talk about his strength and and obviously his wrestling and the Dagestani handcuffs and all this stuff and the little things that he does, like, you know, putting his, his, his hand over the mouth and all that. What was it like? If someone asks you, what, what what's it like to be in there with Habib for 25 minutes? How would you describe it? Is he unlike anyone you've ever fought? Uh, I, I don't know. I don't know about that. Yeah. I mean, yes, definitely anyone that I've fought in the, in the UFC, I mean, I felt guys that are sh- as strong as him that put use their weight, but he just he um, at one fifty five. I think he's probably the strongest guy. Um, yeah, he's definitely one of the strongest guys. Uh, but it's just his game is a little is very different than uh, anybody that I went with. Trips against the cage, you I. I I would feel safe in certain positions, but then he'd come with a, a trip where I thought uh, maybe he would have done something else. He's, he's, he's just got a, he's got that down. He's got his game down to a T and he's great at getting people like kind of like filtering whatever's going on into his game where he can get you against the cage. Um, and, and uh, he, you're so, even when you're so aware or, um, prepared for a takedown. That's when he'll start boxing and, and using his hands, even again, you know, against Connor, how he hit him with that shot, uh, that overhand, uh, and, and just mixing it up. High, he, when he'll, when he'll shoot, he shot a low single on me and kind of just held on to my, just really held on to my ankle. Uh, and that wasn't a shot that I was prepared for. You know, see, he'll, he'll dive in for shots sometimes just to get in and then figure out a way to finish. And his strength uh, pulls him through. Maybe if he takes a little bit of a not traditional, not a traditionally uh, great shot, he'll get in. And because he's so strong, he is able to finish. And uh, and he does. He's like his finishing techniques are incredible. His his strength is incredible in the in the exact direction that he knows how to use it. So he, he knows how to use his strength when he's on top of you. Uh, you know, I, I kind of related to when I, when I have rolled with uh, Matt, Sarah, you know, Matt is a big guy, what, 200 plus pounds. But when he's on top of you, he feels like he's 10,000 pounds, mm. not because he's, he is a big guy, but just how compact he is and where he's using his weight. He knows exactly how to distribute his weight um, in the right place at the right time to get the reaction that he wants for him to advance his position. And uh, I think that he's a, he's a master. Khabib is a master at that. So that's, that's where he, and, and uh, he's relentless. He, even when you get up, he's, he's going right back. He's not really scared to get tired um, in those grappling situations. So he'll, he'll keep the pressure on and uh, keep pushing until he gets what he wants. Do you take any pride in the fact that you went 25 minutes that he couldn't finish you? And then, you know, no one else has gone 25 minutes with him in the UFC, right? You know, he, he finished Connor, he finished Dustin and we'll see what happens on Saturday. People bring this up a lot. And I know that fighters don't necessarily believe in, you know, silver linings, moral victories and things of that nature. But deep down, do you take any pride in that? Especially considering it was on 24 hours notice. Yeah, no, definitely. I think, I mean, you got to, otherwise, it's a total disaster, you know? So I think that I got, yeah, if that's, you find the positive, if there's a positive to come out of it, that's it. I definitely 
but I knew that. I knew how. I knew I'm. You know, I'm tougher than all these guys. So they they'll find. I, maybe I'm stupid. <laughs> I don't know. Like maybe they're smart. They found a way out. I kind of got beat up a little bit extra, but I don't know. Uh, yeah, I'm definitely definitely tougher than 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 most people. So um, chalk that up to what you will, but. Is that experience almost like a gift and a curse for you? Because you got the experience, but also I would imagine you've thought many times, man, if I just had a full training camp, I could have done better, right? Yeah. It's definitely motivating. It's motivating to, on on a couple hours, note, you know, days notice, whatever, to get in there and mix it up with the best in the world. Not these guys have so much more time to prepare that, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm right there. Who do you think wins, Khabib or Gaethje this weekend? Oh, man. I've been asked this question so many times, and I just – if I had to put money, I'd put it on Khabib. But these are – there's so many variables, so many factors. These I think that they're really two guys just at the best – the top of their game. Um, Khabib, Khabib – both great training camps. They both have great trainers, great teams. Khabib uh, – Lost his father not not too long ago, and I think to a lot of people that might be uh, maybe a negative thing, but I think it will give Khabib strength. I think he's he's fighting, uh, you know, thinking of his father and and all the times that they had training in the past, and I think he, it's probably going to help help him push him even more than it ever has. Uh, Gaethje's looking better than ever. He's I think usually a wild fighter very reckless sort of in his striking. And um, I think he's got great scrambling ability. He, he gets taken down. He finds a way to get back to his feet, but I think he's kind of honed his skills. Definitely. If, if he's the, the same fighter that fought Tony Ferguson, I think it's, it's just, uh, you really can't, I can't call it. I can't call it. I think it's two guys at the time. This is, this is the kind of fight that I'm really, looking forward to it's two guys that are at the top of their game the top the best it's just it's uh whatever happens is going to be crazy it could end fast it could go the whole distance but whatever it i'm so intrigued to see how this fight plays out i think most people think that and i spoke to dustin about this last week if if uh if Justin can keep the fight standing and in particular keep the fight in the center of the octagon and not get pressed up against the cage he could have a chance do you believe he has a chance? Oh yeah, he did, most certainly has a chance. He's been knocking guys out. He's got power. Um, the leg kicks present a big problem. Will he throw the leg kicks? Will Khabib use them to, if he does, take Gaethje down off those leg kicks? Um, Khabib, if if he doesn't throw the kicks and it becomes a boxing fight, say say Gaethje throws a leg kick and gets taken down right off the bat, ends up scrambling to his feet. He might stop throwing the kicks. And uh, Khabib's boxing is really good. And, and it's uh, – Ray Longo and I were talking. We were looking at some video of him hitting the pads. And he never really looked – I don't. I mean, he always looked – he looked good hitting the pads. But now he, I think he, he's looking the best he's ever looked, even just hitting the pads. And uh, in the fight, he, it's, he's a little – he's definitely awkward. And he's got a different style the way he pulls his head back out of range. Um, but he, he's hard to hit. Not many people have hit him even, even, uh, even in the fight with Connor, he landed 
I mean, as far as boxing goes, they, they were right up there. Um, he landed a bunch of really good combos and I think he's just improving more and more and he's getting so much more comfortable in, in his boxing. So I think if it ends up being a boxing fight, it's going to be, it's no matter how it goes, it's, it's intriguing. It's, it could go any way. If you could offer Justin any advice as someone who's been in there and went 25 minutes with Khabib, what would it be? Especially early on. I definitely just stay off the cage. That's that's the. I mean, I think everyone. That's the. There's no secret there. Mm. You want to stay off the cage. Um, stay off the cage. I don't. It'll be. It'll be interesting to see. He throws fast, hard leg kicks, and that's that's kind of really where I'm. 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 Uh, but then he goes. He'll go to the calf kick, and I think the calf kick will be a little bit. Uh, more tricky for Khabib to catch and and use for an opening for a takedown. So it'll it'll be interesting to see how Khabib uh, avoids the, the 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 kicks, the calf kicks, and if uh, if Gaethje throws him, if if you know what kind of answer Khabib has for him. I think that's kind of like that'll be like the first layer of this fight for me is how how Khabib deals with those kicks, and uh, it's something that we haven't really seen that anyone do to Khabib is really. Uh, throw those hard leg kicks because everyone is scared to get taken down. But I don't think Justin uh, is really too worried about it. So it's, that's, that's the real, the first kind of few minutes of the fight is what I'm looking at. And I think that that's, that's going to tell a lot. So official pick, are you picking Justin? No, no, no. I'm, okay. I'm, going, I'm going with Khabib. I think Khabib gets it done. I think that finish. Uh, I don't know. Yeah. I'm going to, I'm not, I don't know. I can't call that, but I think there's, okay. a, there's a huge possibility that he gets, that he gets to finish. I think that if he gets, if he can get him in a, if he can make it a, a grappling match, I think that he's, I think that he's going to definitely uh, be more technical and more skilled on, on the mat. I think in the scrambles, the scrambles, it'll be interesting to see what happens because he's he's wild. He'll scramble from anywhere. He'll flip and turn and end up back on his feet. But if can, Khabib can control him and keep him on the mat and force Justin to um, be in a make it a grappling exchange where he'll have to use technique to get back to his feet, um, I think Khabib could take his back. Could uh, could sink in a choke. Do you have interest in this GSP Khabib fight? Yeah, that would be crazy. Right? <laughs> yes, wouldn't it would that, be. Wouldn't that be cool? I'm GSP, the guy is just for him to come back the last time against Bisping. It was like, all right, we'll see what happens here. I don't know. He didn't really seem too promising going all the way up in weight and mm. all to that long layoff. Um, and then he got the job done. And now if he, if he can do it again, I mean, how long, how many, that was that three years ago already? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Another three years off. If he's been training this whole time for, I'm, I mean, I guess he is. I don't know what, what else does GSP do? I don't know. <laughs> right. Like, the guy is incredible. Like, I would love to know like what GSP, what is GSP doing today? Like, is he <laughs> just training like a professional fighter? Uh, I mean, I don't know if he's like in a training camp, but if you follow him a little bit, I mean, like he's in phenomenal shape still. Yeah. Like he's still got like the the six pack and everything, and doing all kinds of exercises at his home. 
Um, I, I do think he would come out of quote unquote retirement for, for this one fight. The big question for me is what weight would it be at? I don't know if he can make 155. Do they do a catch weight? I know UFC doesn't love catch weights, but to me, a fight like this is bigger than for a belt. It's almost like when Matt Hughes fought Hoist Gracie back in the day. You remember that? Yep. They, they weren't fighting for a belt. It was actually at a catch weight. To me, this would feel like the same thing, right? Like the new meets the old past present type of thing. Yeah. Yeah. It, and I don't know if GSP, I mean, yeah, that would be that would be a crazy, crazy fight. Who like you wouldn't even know like GSP being out that long. I guess I yeah I'd like I'd like to see it. I'd, I'd want to watch that. I'm a I'm a big fan of both guys. So GSP, you know I think I think they should make that fight. Hopefully hopefully it does happen because I know uh, it's one o'clock. I know that Khabib. Uh, did you hear that? Yeah, that was weird. What was that? <laughs> My computer just does things. And, and out of nowhere, it just started telling me what time it is. So That's I'll be, amazing. I'll be sitting here, and I now we know it's 1 o'clock. But, uh, uh, yeah. Don't be, break it. What's that? Don't break it. It's a good computer. Now that we're not doing the show anymore. No, 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 I'm not done. I had two quick questions. <laughs> no, no. It, it, it actually gives me great Jewish guilt anytime you break your computer. Uh, two last things. Do you love it as much as I do? Um, anytime Khabib calls you Yaquinta. I don't know why I like this so much, but it cracks me up every time. I think that's how you're supposed to say my name. Oh, really? I think he says it right. <laughs> okay. What, is it a Russian name? No, it's it's an Italian name, but I think it's Yaquinta. Is how oh, they- not... Oh, okay. You really say it. I think the Americanized version is Iaquinta. Oh, interesting. Okay. Well, I'm pretty sure I'm pretty sure he's saying it the right way. It's just over it's just been turned into Iaquinta over over the years or whatever. Okay. And and last thing, um, I I saw you comment on this as well on Twitter. Uh, and correct me if I misread this, that you weren't a big fan of the way Dustin was handling the Connor stuff because you wrote like something like LOL, come on, Dustin, or something like that. Why was that? What is that guy doing? What is he, Connor's fan? Like he's fighting, he's he's like a fan fighting Connor. I don't know. It's so, uh, it's so cringy. Connor's like, I'll fly you over and I'll donate my money to your charity. I'd be like, bro, I'll fly my fucking self over, and when I beat the shit out of you, I'll donate my own fucking money. Like, what is what is this? What is it? Kumbaya, freaking Connor? Like, what the hell? Are you kidding? They're like, he's like. He's lost the fight already. If the fight happens, there's not a doubt in my mind Dustin's losing that fight. He's like already seceded in everything. He's like, thank you for the flight over. We'll fight in in Ireland or wherever. And thank you. We'll fight for a charity. It'll be great. It's like, dude, get out of here. What is a fight? What are you freaking kidding me? You're going to thank the guy? You're thanking? Oh, this is great. We're going to do this. No, you think Connor is really going to? You think he's really not going to – this is for him. This is not for you, Dustin. Relax, bro. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. 
the one and only Alexander, the great Volkanovsky, who, of course, we were thinking about this past weekend as we saw Brian Ortega defeat the Korean zombie. Is Ortega next for Volkanovsky? We shall ask the man himself right here now. First off, champ, how are you? I'm good. I'm very good. How about you, mate? How are you? All is good. Thank you so much. It's great to talk to you again. And so, yeah, we've been thinking for quite some time. All right, who's next for you after the fight back in July? You get your second win over Max Holloway. There was a little bit of talk of maybe you guys running it back for a third time. Didn't seem like you were too keen on that. And then all of a sudden, here comes Brian Ortega 2.0. New hair doing all. He defeats the Korean zombie on Saturday in a very impressive performance. Do you think, based on that performance, that he should be next for you? Ah, uh, yeah. Well, I think that was a number one contender fight. You know, uh, Zombie and Ortega. You know, I think uh, what are they? They were four, I think three and two, maybe were they ranked? But you know, that that was a big fight. You know, I know one hundred percent. If Zombie got that 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 win, he was definitely uh, fighting for the title. And you know, I was told that was the same case for for Ortega. So uh, you know, I'm I'm all for it. He actually he did well. You know, he uh, he. Put on a performance. I'll, I'll admit that I thought uh, Zombie would have him, uh, just purely through their past fights. But man, we had Brian changed it up. Brian showed us uh, some uh, patience and, and timing and good shot selections, and and yeah, it was good. It was pretty exciting. So that excites me. What impressed you most about what this new Brian Ortega did out there? Just yeah, like just the again the, the shot selections and you know his distance controller and things like that. These are things that I'm well aware of, but I mean at the same time, uh, you know I just didn't expect it uh, from him. And you've seen uh, like I always knew that these are these are skills that are going to be, you know, pretty tools I'd use to to take out both of these guys. You know what I mean? And uh, you know Brian Ortega proved that that was a case for zombie, but now he's, uh, he's changed it up. So, you know, that's exciting. Now, now it's like, all right, it's a bit of a different puzzle that I need to, we need to figure out. So again, you know, we're obviously I'm pretty quite, I'm quite confident that I take a, take or take her out. But again, you know, he definitely uh, deserves a shot after a performance like that. Uh, so a lot was made of the fact that it was, you know, Ortega 2.0. Did you see a dramatically different fighter in there against zombie than you did almost two years ago against Holloway? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. You, you, it was a, a complete different fight. And then you're right. That's exactly what it is. The fact that if he went out there and just slugged it out and didn't show improvements, you know, it'd be hard to be like, you know, well, is he ready for an, another shot? But to go out there and completely change a game and as they're saying, I'll take it 2.0, uh, you know, it's just, it, you know, it makes sense now. You know what I mean? To go out there and, and take Zombie out like he did, it's uh, it was pretty impressive. You know, he didn't just go out there, land a lucky punch. Or, 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 you know, a, a lucky submission. He went out there and dominated and, you know, and beat him from start to finish. And you know, that's, that's impressive. Considering the fact that there's been a little bit of back and forth between you and uh, Zombie over the past year, was there a part of you that was rooting for him to win so that you can settle this score with him? Look, I, I was happy with uh, Ivron, but yeah, 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 I'd be lying if I said, that, you know, I wasn't hoping that. Not just that, you know, I think they're both draws anyway. Um, but I just think, you know, I probably could, it would be good to get my hands on him as well at the same time. I know we apologized and yeah, I know that wasn't him. I like the whole time it was his team, but I mean, still, you know, if his team's going to make him uh, say these things, you know, they still need to pay. So that's a, it would have been good to go out there and then have a good look at his corner after I did my, did my job and then just go, Hey, next time. Mm. <laughs> you know, the reason I, 
the reason I asked you that initial question at the beginning of this interview about, you know, whether or not uh, Ortega should be the guy is because there is a case to be made. He hasn't won a fight going into Saturday or did not win a fight going into Saturday since March of 2018 and hadn't fought in two years. Meanwhile, there are other guys who have been a lot more active, uh, you know, the Calvin Caters of the world, even Zabit. Mm-hmm. I know he hasn't fought since November of last year, but there were other guys. So I was just curious if for you, like you felt like he earned it just based off of one win in two and a half years. Look, if it was just that if he's coming off a loss against someone, mm. you know, down the line, but I mean, to be fighting for the belt, lose lose a belt, and then there's a new champion, then go out and taking out the pretty much the number one contender. I just think the you know that that just doesn't it doesn't make sense. If it was still uh, Max there, you'd be like, mate, it was only uh, two fights ago. You know, do you yeah. know what I mean? So I, I'd say that yeah, it does that make sense. But the fact that Things are changing and, you know, he come back and didn't just fight anybody. He fought the guy that, like, let's let's be real. If a zombie won that fight, there'll be no question that he's getting that title shot. You know I mean? No one would be, no one would be saying anything uh, about that. And, uh, you know, I think that's the same for Ortega. And, you know, everyone, again, man, everyone's, this is how it is. You, you, you win a fight or you lose a fight. People will forget you like that once you lose. But once you win, everyone's talking about you now. This uh, Ortega 2.0 is going to supposedly go out there and, and uh, wipe the floor with me. You know what I mean? So, man, there's, there's always going to be hype. Whoever fights, you know, the, the hype's going to be there. So he fought for the number one contender fight. Dana White said it was the number one contender fight himself. And, uh, you know, I've been saying that, that that it was. Obviously, you've got guys like, uh, you know, Zabit and like Yair Rodriguez and Kata, you know what I mean? But the fact is, you know, they didn't fight, which is pretty pretty unfortunate. Uh, for them, you know, I was, I was looking forward to uh, Zabit and yeah, because again, I think Zabit's a, a big fight, so I've definitely got my eye on him. You know, I'll, I'll fight, you know, Ortega if that is the fight, and uh, you know, if Zabit goes and takes someone out, I'll definitely be keen to, to fight him too. Because hey, I want them number one guys, man. I guarantee you, Ortega, if I mean, sorry, if Zabit went out there and fought, yeah, and beat him up everyone will be screaming his name. I'll be like, let's go. Again, mm-hmm. I want that GOAT status. You know, I'm chasing that. I never used to talk like this. You know, you, you would have, you've talked to me a few times. Uh, I don't, I won't just throw the GOAT uh, sort of name out there all the time, but I'm chasing that now. And I don't think I'm that far away. If you start taking out number one contenders, defending your title, you know, your, your name's going to be up there for sure. So that's that's my goal right now. And I want I want your Ortegas. I want your, your Zombies. I want your Zabits, Yeah, Rodriguez, Caters. I want every single one of them. And I'm coming for them. Again, not many champions have got their eye on the division like me. I ain't picking and choosing. It's a race to that number one contender spot. Whoever gets it gets a shot. Um, speaking of Zabit, when his fight against a year back in August fell through, he was campaigning to fight you. Um, did mm. they ever bring that to you? And I know that you had just fought like a month and a half prior, but was that ever seriously discussed? No, nah, no, nah, it wasn't. No, no one brought that to me. Uh Again, like I remember tweeting that, you know, I don't think he was being disrespectful by it, but, you know, I don't blame him because he, he must, you know, find it hard to get fights as well, uh, which is unfortunate for him. But uh, this year fight was meant to happen a couple of times and it just won't happen. But, uh, you know, I'm not I'm not a replacement fight. I'm the champ. You know, he wanted me to re- pretty much replace Yair Rodriguez. And, you know, that's just not, not how it works. You know what I mean? So, and then you've got guys like, Ortega and Zombie that that were able to fight for that number one contender spot. So, you know, it's just unfortunate for Zabit. I again I believe if he fought, yeah, everyone will be screaming his name. And again, I you know, I want him to go out there and I want him to win. 
that's a big fight. Yeah. You know, everyone, again, everyone's going to think, oh, Luis, you know, he's six foot four, you know, and got all the skills in the world and all that massive challenge. I'm like, bring it on, let's go. You know, that's what I want. Also curious, uh, did they bring Max Holloway part three to you at any point? Was that ever a real thing? No, that, that never come to me. Never okay. come to me at all. You know what I mean? It was obviously, uh, it was it was talked about, Dana White, you know, brought that up but as just, but then, you know, he quickly, you know, the deal was uh, was over that pretty quick. It just, uh, look, man, I've got, I've got all respect in the world for for Max Holloway. You know, we uh, we put a, a very close fight that last fight, but, you know, I'm, I'm two up. Why? Why would I do three? You know, just mm-hmm. because people want to say whatever, whatever they want. You know what I mean? Again, you know, everyone has their opinion, and that's fine. But at the end of the day, you know what I mean. I, I'm two. I'm two and zero against him, and it just doesn't make sense right now. I'm not saying I'll never fight him ever again. I mean, let me just move on. Let me fight some number one contender fighters. You know, I can't just fight Max until. You know, what we'll just keep rematching him till till he wins. It seems to be what everyone wants, but. That's not how the that's not how it works. Uh, one more did they bring to you question, and I almost hate myself for asking this question, but I feel like I'd be remiss if I don't. I know what it is. No. Yeah. <laughs> you say you're talking about Henry Cejudo, I'm guessing. Yes. It was never brung to me. Like, that's what I mean. It's it people gonna do what you know, they're gonna do what they gotta do. You know, everyone's playing the game and look, man, I, you know me, I don't play no games. I'm straight up, you know, this is just how Aussies are, you know, love it or hate it. That's just how we are. We real. And, you know, I don't pretend, you know, I ain't going to tell someone to sign a contract that's not there. You know, he's like, sign the contract. I'm like, what fucking sign? What contract are you talking about? You little, uh, you know what I mean? But it just, again, it's it's funny. Again, I don't, I don't hate the guy, but, mate, he actually, I think he's been quiet for a little bit. I don't, yeah, he's a sort of a... Relative, for like him, a, relatively quiet. Yeah, well, exactly for him. But oh, it seemed to be like just go away like a little, like a, just a pest he was for a while. And I was just like, mate, but uh, you know, again, it's, it's fun. I, I enjoy it. It's good to let them all call me out. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza. Better because it has to be. I want to go back to Ortega if I can. He he seems to have a lot of respect for you. He actually brought up a story about when... Uh, when Israel fought back in March in Las Vegas, this was after his incident with the the uh, the singer Jay Park, where he allegedly slapped him at the event, and he said that you came up to him at the nightclub afterwards and were very nice and spoke to him about it. Do you remember that interaction? Yeah, I do. So I was a uh, yeah, well, I was at the fights. So I was backstage with Izzy, and uh, that's when the slap happened. But I was, I uh, you know, I had a feeling something was going to happen anyway because you got to remember, like you know, when Zombie was doing this trash talk, and we know it wasn't him anyway. But you know, he was they'll start to be you know run their mouth and say things, and you know, I've got Zombie coming up to me going, "Oh, I'm sorry," you know, apologizing, you know, just doing it for this. So we know it's his team, and I I remember Ortega saying that you know if if it was Jay Park, if I see, I'm going to slap you too. So I was aware that Ortega probably would do that if he seen him. And I was backstage with, with Izzy 
And that's when it happened. I come back, my coach, Joe Lopez, uh, tells me about, you know, Ortega just went and they thought they punched him at the time. And then I was like, oh, fire out. Like, I knew that was going to happen. And then I end up seeing him at the after party, uh, Izzy's after party. And I went up to him. I just said, I go, oh, I heard, heard what happened. Like, you know, what was the go with that? He's like, oh, yeah. I go, because like, I told him I had a feeling, like, you know, that will probably happen if you've seen him. But because, again, like, obviously people are going to be like, oh, he's a pop singer while you slap him. And I understand that, yeah. But at the same time, you know, it was only a slap, so you know, at least he didn't uh, <laughs> go 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 all out. And I was like, hey, if people are going to run their mouth again, uh, that's that's how we are down in here in Australia as well. You know, we're we're real. So if you're going to say something, say to our face. So I saw on your your uh, social media. Um, is it accurate to say that you are gunning for February? Is that when you want to return? Well, yeah, yeah, it's a, yeah. We we threw that out there. So that's uh, again, like there was a uh, people from December out there and. Uh, that hasn't come come to me at all, but I mean, you know, that's a that's very Christmas. Soon. You know, remember, it's very soon, and not just that. You got it's a quick turnaround for Ortega, which right. wouldn't really be fair. And then you got quarantine. I'm going to be quarantining through Christmas and and New Year's. It's just, yeah, I just don't think everything lines up, and they haven't even brought that to us anyway. So definitely early next year. That's uh, you know, that's what we've got our eye on. Uh, if you had your choice, would you? It seems at least for now. It's it's still Fight Island or Vegas, right? Abu Dhabi or Vegas. Those are the two options for events, unless the world dramatically changes. Changes. Do you have a preference? Not really. Not really. If it's a, if it's no crowds, you know, it doesn't really matter. Uh, again, I learned a lot from the last the last fight fighting with no crowd. That was a it was different. And uh, some some fighters it might work well for them. Some fighters it might, it might be a little bit different. I felt like a zombie. Uh, had sort of the same sort of problems I did where you're so composed. I usually keep myself so composed from big crowds where I try to do the same thing with no crowd and I just, I wasn't there. You know, you just, you just stuck. Everything was forced. You had to force every strike you threw. If you, you get what I'm trying to say. And that's what I feel zombie zombie was doing. Don't get me wrong. I'm not taking nothing away from Ortega. Ortega definitely used distance and made it hard for him. I know that, but uh, you know, the fact that when I felt zombie, you know, could throw and when he was in, you know, safe range to throw or where he was in a position to throw, he just wouldn't pull the trigger. And I was like, mate, like, I know that feeling. I know, I know what he, I know what, a, I know what it was, but, but again, you know, so either way now I'm happy if it is a crowd or if it isn't, I, I know from experience that, you know, maybe I'll let my emotions fly a little bit more next time. And so my reaction time's there. So I'm a little bit more on edge. Uh, so either way, it, it doesn't matter. But I want to say, look, man, Australia, New Zealand, we're you know we're holding, we're holding crowds over here. Uh, we had uh, the Wallabies and the All Blacks uh, fight in New Zealand with like thirty thousand people. We're going to have forty thousand this weekend. Bring it over here, we could do it. You know what I mean? Like let's uh, let's make a game plan. And you know, obviously, we've got the the fighters over here to to make it a cracker card and then, you know, you can bring people here, you know, make game plans. So, you know, the quarantine's going to work and whatnot. And mate, oh, oh, mate, let's do it. What do you reckon? Ariel? I, I love what that. Are you I, thinking, mate? I was pushing for that to happen when, when Izzy fought Paulo Costa last month. Um, but then a lot of people said, well, you have all these Americans coming over. Well, first of all, I think you could fill up a card with, australia slash new zealand versus you know the world if you will i think most fighters would quarantine i just don't know is it a strict 14-day quarantine that might be the tricky part for the ufc staff coming over i don't know if they'll want to do that but certainly you know 
they could sell a lot of tickets, right? With you headlining an event over there at this point. Well, that's, that's the, that is the problem. It's the 14 day quarantine, but I think if you have a, a game plan and, you know, you have uh, doctors and health ministers and all that type of stuff, come up with a plan. They come here, quarantine, do the tests, make sure they're, you know, they're, they're not positive and then still have them away in hotels and whatnot. And, what we did in Fight Island, I think, uh, yeah. you know, I feel that that was, that was okay. There was no breakouts that, that I'm aware of. There was people that tested positive and they didn't get out of their hotel room and then no one else could get it. So, uh, you know, it's just obviously get tested before they jump on the plane and all that type of stuff. Yep. There'll be protocols. You know, Australia's uh, strict with their, the laws here with uh, the COVID uh, restrictions, but as long as we abide by them and do everything right, and as long as it's not too much of a hassle for the fighters coming over here, let's fucking do it. That would be great. It would be a nice scene, no doubt. By the way, uh, since the fight on Saturday, and I know they're very busy, you know, there's the the big card coming up this weekend, Habib and Gaethje, but um, has your management team talked to the UFC about the plans and, and what they're thinking and if it, in fact, is going to be or t- – I mean, like, has there been any talk since Saturday's fight? Uh. Look, I haven't talked to my managers about about that yet. I know. Come on, Alex. Don't lie to me right now. So, you talk to your know, manager. Come on. Talk, I know. <laughs> I know they were talking uh, before the fight, and like, you know, it was it was clear that the winner of that fight is number one contender. Mm-hmm. They were clear on that. You know what I mean? And whether they wanted what, Zombie to win or whatever it is, but when you get out there and take a you know a five round shutout, um, you know dropping a zombie you know a few times and you know really putting on a clinic i think it's i think it's pretty clear but again you know we haven't had that conversation with sean shelby or dana white yet okay um by the way you have one of the longest winning streaks in the sport right now uh the only one um off the top of my head there's probably a couple others but certainly as champion who who uh is is you know doing doing uh I mean, on a longer streak, I should say, than you is obviously Habib. Um, there are other guys out there, John Jones in the equation as well. But um, just curious if you had a take on on Habib Gaethje this weekend, who do you think is going to win? Man, it's just so hard to bet against uh, Khabib. It really is. You know what I mean? I do think these are new challenges. I know people are going to say that to hype up the fights every single time, but they, they really are new challenges. But, you know, again, I just feel that, you know, Khabib's game, even on the feet, people keep saying, you know, Khabib's going to struggle on the feet, but he's still calculated on the feet. He doesn't take unnecessary risks. You know what I mean? He's still calculated in the way he approaches his shots, the way, you know, his shot selection and things like that. So I think um, I think he's clever enough to, to not get caught. But, I mean, it's not going to be as easy as it is with all these other opponents taking down you know, Gaethje, you know, Gaethje is explosive, obviously a, a wrestler, uh, very athletic. And uh, he knows, you know, he's a, he's a new fighter. He's not fighting how he used to be. He knows that he can't just rush in and, and fight, you know, crazy. So I think, you know, we're going to see a, a pretty competitive fight, but it's too hard to bet against Khabib. Um, two last questions for you. Number one, many moons ago, I had the, uh, the unfortunate luck to try Vegemite. And I've never forgotten the taste. 
one of the worst days, one of the worst experiences of my life. <laughs> I saw you rocking a Vegemite shirt, a button-down shirt. It was incredible. I hated it, but I love that shirt. Where did you get a Vegemite shirt like that? It's amazing. I urge everyone to go on your social media, your Instagram to be exact. Mm. And you were wearing a, a beautiful button-down shirt with Vegemite all over it, like the the little like the, yeah. the little can of it or whatever. Where did you get such a shirt? Are you sponsored by Vegemite? Is Vegemite, by the uh, way, a brand or is it just like a is like butter? It's it's the Vegemite's Vegemite. So that's that that shirt is actually I mean, I'm giving them a shout out. So uh, Peter Alexander uh, pajamas. So oh. they've made a they've made a Vegemite. Mate, I tell you what, I've had so many people send me them. So many people are starting to buy them now. So everyone's t- liking it. Look, yeah. I'm going to tell everyone if you give Vegemite a chance because I don't blame you. Not even I can just dig a spoon of Vegemite and eat it like that. It's not how you eat it. So uh, you got to go. You know, What's I don't want to ruin, ruin it for some people. Man, you just, you got to get a, right, get a piece of toast. Yeah. Get some butter, spread the butter. You can be generous with the butter. If you're not in fire camp, go for it. And then get some Vegemite. You don't need too much. Give it a light spread. Don't, don't, you don't want it thick. You want it lightly spread. Then have a try. And mate, it's a game changer. You absolutely oh. love it. It's I a favorite think- over here, man. No, I know. I, I tried it with some Australian friends when I was in camp, but I do think my problem they was I, up, mate. They gave- I put too much. I put like the, the amount that you put like peanut butter, right? Like on a peanut butter and jelly set. And it was just so yeah. thick. And it was like, what? It, it was the worst. I mean, I never tasted anything like it. Just horrendous. I thought they were, I mean, I can't believe that people actually like it, but the next time I come across it, but just to, just to confirm is Vegemite the name of a brand or Vegemite is like, there's different brands who do Vegemite. It's like ketchup, right? Uh, not really. I know there's actually my might. There's a couple of uh, certain things, but Vegemite's just that, like that stuff that you tasted pretty much. What does yeah, it come? What does it derive from? Mate, I couldn't even tell you. <laughs> I couldn't even tell you. It's the worst. I don't even know, but yeah, it's okay. uh, look. It is. It, it's 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 a strong flavor. And again, for people that are going to try it, don't just cake it on your on your toast because not even I could eat it like that. And I love it. And if you can't, as tough as you are, then uh, I don't think, uh, you know, common folk like me can do it. Uh, Last thing, the Alexander the Great book, the children's book. This is phenomenal. Mm -hmm. Uh, I'd love to get one for my children as as a father father of three young kids. Uh, I love that you did this. Uh, First of all, could you tell me just why you felt the need to do this? And what is the story about? What's the story in this great children's book that came out a couple months ago? Yeah, well, man, like, well, you you know, you know the the persona, you know the the image uh, of like, you know, UFC fighters and MMA athletes and all that, and you know well enough as well. You've met a lot of them that you know some of the there's some of the most respectful and the most disciplined people you'll ever meet, and you know that doesn't come across people. And you know, I'm you know as much as people want me to talk trash and carry on and do all this sort of that's just not me, man. I you know, I'm not saying I'm perfect. I'm not. I'm, I'm far from it, but. You know what I mean? I know I try to be the best I can be and and I work hard. You know, I'm disciplined and all athletes are, not just me, all MMA athletes and, you know, and just athletes in general. And, you know, I think, uh, you know, we, we are good role models. But, I mean, again, it's it's hard to show people that. But, you know, I want to show people that we, we are good role models. And, you know, that's what this book is all about. It's all about, uh, you know, hard work, you know, discipline, eating right. You know what I mean? Again, that's what martial arts is has always been about you know you go in there it's about respect you know you go in you bow and you know you, you've got to have the, the right morals and values and again you know i just want to give that back to back to the younger generation especially the you know again the, the kids that are growing in this sport 
they probably feel like they have to be a certain way because that's the persona that they're seeing type thing, you know what I mean? But, you know, you don't. You can make it to the top being you, whether people like it or not. I'm always going to be me and that that's that. I'm just a Aussie bogan. You can call me a bogan or a larrikin or whatever it is, but I'm just a chill dude that that's taken out the world at the moment. I'm the world champion. So, uh, you know what I mean? And that, that's, that's it's a little bit of my story. But again, it's all about morals and values and something that I'm proud of uh, out of our sport as well. And I just want to show that to the to the world. Can I get that in the States or only in Australia? No, we'll, we'll, we'll get it to you. I'll make okay. sure we get that to you. Well, just like the general public, can they buy it as well or or is it? Yeah, yeah, available? yeah, you can. So we've got actually, we've got a Alexander the Great Children's Book uh, page on Instagram okay. and you can go alexanderthegreatchildrensbook.com as well okay. to the website. Oh, I uh, you can it. go there. I, I'm posting about it here and there. You'll find it on, on my Instagram, uh, Alex uh, Volkanovsky. So uh, you can just, you can you can see it there, but we're gonna yeah we're really I'm doing a heap of media about that this week, so I'll have that all through my my social media. So okay, keep an eye out. I will. And last question for you: um, first year, first full year as champion. Um, however, uh, if things go according to plan, you will have only fought once this year. Now, obviously, mm. this was a very weird year, and a lot of people's yeah. schedules changed. But dating back to your debut year in 2012, you fought more than once every single year. This is the first time since you debuted that you'll only be fighting once. So how would you describe this year? I mean, obviously, great. You win. You're, you're still the champ. But to only fight once, how would you describe that? Hey, man, look, it, it's hard because I've always had, from the, like from the start, especially in UFC, even before, I always wanted three fights a year. That was my number. And there was times where they just didn't end up adding up inside a full calendar year, but it ended up being, say, December. And then December, I still made it inside the 12 months. And uh, just this year, it's just it's just going to be hard. I did want December, but it's just how and who, you know what I mean? It's just, it, it just, it was unfortunate that, uh, you know, these, it's hard for people to make fights. You know, people can't just take a fight on a couple of weeks notice and, and things like that. So it was hard to really get that number one contender spot. So I wanted to fight, you know, early December or even late November would have been good, but you know, it's just obviously the the time. So it is different. It's harder. You know, I wanted to keep it there, but again, look at the times we're in. So, you know, I can't, you know, I'm going to do what I can with what's what I've got. I'm not going to dwell on, you know, I don't look at the negatives. I just look at the positives, but you know, we've got, we've got some direction now and you know, if the UFC 100% push that fight on me, we're going to take that as early as we can next year. And, uh, you know, and then straight away, mate, I want, I still want these fighters, mate, going there and taking, I want you, I want to know who's next straight away. Give me someone who's next and I'll make sure I get three fights next year. Love it. Alex, pleasure as always. Thank you so much for the time. Uh, hopefully you get that fight sooner rather than later. We can see you back in there in early 2021 and uh, best of luck with the book as well. Thank you. Thank you. Appreciate it, my man. I'll see you later. 10 seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships, your skills, your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? <laughs> Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash network. 
All right, so thank you very much to both Ally Quinta and Alexander Volkanovsky. I also want to let you know that over on the ESPN MMA YouTube channel, I have an interview with Tai Tuivasa, who's fighting in the feature prelim spot against Stefan Struve this Saturday again during the afternoon. They'll be on the ESPN2 prelims. That fight will be at around 1.30 p.m. Eastern. You can also watch him on ESPN+. Plus. He trained at AKA with Daniel Cormier and company for the first couple months of 2020. He had to go back home uh, due to the pandemic. But uh, we talked to Ty about this must-win situation. Uh, he called it a fight that he is uh, fighting for his job and where he has lost three in a row and he needs a win. You can't lose four in a row in the UFC. Very rare do you stick around if that happens, unless you're like one of the legends of the game. So check that out on the ESPN MMA YouTube channel. Also, check out an interview with an old friend of the show, King Mohammed Lawal, the former Strike Force champion, stopped by to tell us the story, the definitive story, about how he got Khabib Nurmagomedov to move from his training camp in New Jersey. When he first came to America, he was training in New Jersey at a place called K-Dojo, and then he got him to come to San Jose. Uh, Lawal is a big-time uh, figure in the world of wrestling, was a great MMA fighter, recently retired, uh, a best friend of Daniel Cormier, very close, both went to OSU, and he tells the story about how he got Habib to come to AKA, and I asked him whether or not that move changed Habib's career. In other words, if Habib doesn't make the move to San Jose, does he become the legend that he is today? Here's a taste of that conversation. When you saw him early on, could you tell he was special or did it take some time? No, I knew he was special. Bro, I, knew, bro, I saw him and he was the first fighter from Dagestan in the UFC. And I was like, this dude got to be good. He's going to kill Kamal Shaw. I told everybody that right off rip when I saw him. And he took him down. Beat him up, submitted him to rear naked choke, I believe. I think in the second round. But I remember watching that fight, and I was like, this guy's a bad motherfucker, man. I'm like, Habib Nurmagomedov. I told everybody. And now, everybody's believers. I told everybody, I said, hey, look, look, Dagestan, Mahashkara, the Caucasus Mountain region is going to be a next next spot for great fighters. You'll see him come from there like it's Sparta. Mm. And that's what's happening. It's a trend. And he was 100% right. He's one of the best minds in the game. He's now a coach at ATT in Coconut Creek, working with the likes of Jarzinho Rosenstrike. But he called it way back when. I remember when he was talking about the Dagestani fighters. And it's great to hear his story about how he got Habib to San Jose. So you can watch that entire interview right now over on the ESPN MMA YouTube channel as well. We got a lot more coming your way the rest of the week. We've got a uh, a pre-show on ESPN Plus later this week. We also have the weigh-ins that we'll be airing live on ESPN Plus at 1 a.m. Friday morning. That's 1 a.m. Eastern time, Friday morning, technically 10 p.m. Uh, Eastern on Thursday night because, again, the card is happening in the middle of the day over there, so our schedule here is completely different. So that's on Friday morning. And the Helwani show is back on the radio Saturday from 1 to 2 p.m. Eastern. So basically, here's your schedule on Saturday. At, I believe, 9 a.m., 9 or 9.30, I don't know the exact time yet, we'll have Ariel and the Bad Guy on YouTube. You know we do those pre-shows, uh, Chael and I, so check that out on the ESPN MMA YouTube channel. 10.30 a.m., you'll have the early prelims on ESPN+. Plus. 12 p.m., prelims continue on ESPN2 and ESPN+. Plus. And then we've got the Hawani Show live on ESPN Radio from 1 to 2. Main card at 2 p.m. Eastern on ESPN Plus pay-per-view. 2 p.m. Eastern. And then we'll have a post-fight show on the ESPN MMA YouTube channel as well. And what a card it is, my friends. I mean, we didn't have a lot of time to talk about it. 
It's all about Khabib and Gaethje right now. But you also have Robert Whitaker going up against Jared Cannonier for a potential shot at Israel Adesanya. you got the return of Alexander Volkov against Walt Harris. Uh, like I said, you've got uh, Stefan Struve and Taitui Vasa. And who can forget Magomed Ankalaev and Iwan Kuchilaba as well. I have talked way too long on today's program, so now I will say goodbye. But I do want to remind you, rate, download, subscribe, and review. It's very, very important that you do that. That's the only thing I ask you to do. Rate, download, and subscribe, and review. You like this show? You like what we're doing? Press that button. We appreciate it very much. All right, back next week, same time and place. Tell us, hey, Pace, I'm out of here. <laughs>